0: Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Hi everyone, my name is Nikki Cumpston and I'm the Curator of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art here at the Art Gallery of South Australia and I'm also the Artistic Director of Tarnandi, the Festival of Contemporary Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art and welcome to Open Hands, the exhibition for Tarnandi 2020. I'd like to acknowledge that we meet here today on the lands of the Kaurna people and to pay my respect to their elders, to the elders of the past, many of whom I've worked very closely with over the 30 years that I've lived and worked here on Kaurna country, and to also acknowledge the work of the current elders and the work that they're doing to bring the elders of tomorrow up to be our future leaders. My family are Barkindee people from the Darling River in far western New South Wales and um, we're responsible for the Barker, our Darling River. And I do that through the work that I do as a visual artist but also as a cultural custodian for my family and for all of the families living along those waterways. It's my absolute pleasure to um, share this exhibition with you. And just to pay respect to Celia De Toro, who's here with me, um, just sitting in front of me, um, who has worked hand-in-hand hand with me to bring this exhibition to life and just really value your skills and expertise and all, all the effort that you put in to making this happen. And also acknowledge Gloria Strzelecki, who is working really hard on um, managing the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander collection while I'm busy doing this work. Um, that I do for Tarnandee. And all of our team, the Tarnandee team, Mimi Crow as producer, and um, all of the people who just work tirelessly here at the gallery to bring Tarnandee to life every year. It's a mammoth effort. (laughs) And we're a small team, but we really love what we do and it's an absolute pleasure to work with all of the artists that we've worked with in order to bring this work to Adelaide this year. So, Open Hands, the theme itself is really, it came from conversations. It came from a few conversations that I had with my sister, Zena, who lives in Melbourne and has been in lockdown since March. And I really feel for her with her two young children and just, you know, managing and doing our best to keep each other buoyant and happy and positive. And one of the things that we did was we enrolled in an online weaving course which was really interesting so it was with a Gundichamara elder Auntie Bronwyn Raisum and it's about a weaving circle it's about a yarning circle and so we enrolled and it was on a Sunday in the early afternoon and you were instructed as to which materials to bring along with you to your computer screen and you could see all of the other women from and one man from all around Australia. And we were instructed on how to, how to start the weaving and then how to, how to go about it. And for me, the reason I wanted to do this was because it was that thought of when you're making and when you're busy making, your mind is freed. And it's freed to think of connections that possibly you hadn't thought of or ideas that, that come to mind when you're channeling that energy into making something. And this first happened to me when I was in my 20s. I was invited to an international basket weaving conference in the Kurong, and I met with women and men from all over the world and it was really about honouring honoring traditional practice, honouring the different native plants that are used to make string and to make objects to carry and to hold, to hold either food sources or water or bags that are used as a a purpose in order for survival. So thinking about, you know, the very first string that was made and why it was made and the nets that were made from that string. And when I was with that group of women and men, I didn't know hardly anybody at that camp, but we talked about all sorts of things that that rose to the surface, things that, that were in relation to activism, to ideas that we'd had as how can we encourage and engage with younger generations within our families? How can we be active to make real all of the things that we think are important to us as people in our communities And being with people internationally and thinking so broadly like that really got me thinking and and it's really helped me and supported me. Those ideas have supported me throughout my own arts practice and for this year was something that I went back to in order to think about how do we move forward with this exhibition in a year of, of great uncertainty, not knowing if we could even have an exhibition at the end of this time but working towards it, every day putting one foot in front of the other, working towards the publication, working with each of the artists to talk about who would you like to engage with in order to write about your work. And when we think in this room here, we have the work of Sonia Carmichael and her daughter Elisa Jane, who's also known as Lisi Carmichael, and uh, mother and daughter who came to Adelaide from Minjeraba, North Stradbroke Island. They're Quandamooka women, and they came for the opening last week, which was absolutely fabulous to have them here and to hear their perspective on their work and on the exhibition and being part of it. And these works here are their cyanotypes, which are also, of course, embracing the front of the gallery as the banners. So these women really wanted to, to talk and to work with, Sonia's other daughter, Freya Carmichael, who is a a writer, she's a curator and she's also a maker and so she has written the catalogue essay for her mother and her sister and Freya also has an exhibition that's currently on in Brisbane at the Institute of Modern Art called Longwater and that exhibition is about to tour out to the communities with which the artists have come from. So it's the first time that an exhibition is going to Moa Island within the Torres Strait. It's the first time that the exhibition will go to Yirriwi, Millingimbi Island, off the coast of central Arnhem Land. It's the first time that an exhibition will go to Maningrida Arts and Culture, apart from the work that they would show of their own artists within their own communities. So this is a breakthrough. She's really pushing boundaries as as a Kondamuka woman and as a, as a young woman who is, is really part of this, you know, a family who are really strong in their culture and who really believe in, in not just talking about taking the work to the artists but literally taking the work back to the artists so other people in communities can actually see the work that, that these artists have done and they can aspire to being the future artists. And that's something that's really core to what we do as part of Tarnandi. and that is engaging with artists to find out what it is that they're working on currently. So when I had a conversation with Lisi and Sonia over 12 months ago in Cairns at the Cairns Indigenous Art Fair, I saw some of their beautiful woven forms that you can see embedded within these cyanotypes and also within the showcase here. You see the the beautiful angere, which is the swamp reed. It's a traditional fibre that the Quandamooka people use to make nets, to make bags, and you can see how they've used that to make these beautiful forms that are then referenced within these um, cyanotypes. The, The reed itself, when you look closely at those objects, you'll see the variation in colour. So there's a really beautiful soft pink, there's pale greens, there's, there's a whole range of varying colours. And that's the nature of that particular plant. So the plant has to actually be pulled. You don't cut it, you pluck it and then you dry it. And then when you're ready to weave with it or make string with it, you re-wet it and then you, you go about your business and you, you, you weave or you, you make the string and when you're finished for the day, you need to completely dry it again. Otherwise, mould will form and that will be the end of your project. So, techniques that are handed down through generations of understanding and being able to know your material, know how to work with your material in order to make a successful object. As you can see here, The artists have included words, so words, Kwandamuka language. So they've made these words from string and then they've placed them on top of this fabric. I'm not sure if you're aware of, of how this process happens, but I'll go through it for you so you can understand it a bit more. It's a photographic process. It's a very early photographic process and was invented by a woman, Anna Atkins, In England, it's the very early days of photography, and Anna Atkins was a botanist, and she used this technique to index the plants that she was collecting. I've only ever seen cyanotypes as sort of A4 type size, so this is completely taking it to that next level by creating these, you know, (laughs) large-scale, beautiful flowing fabrics, and What what the artists have done is they've worked with a photographic artist, uh, Renata, who's a friend of theirs, Buziak, and she imported these cloths from the United States and they come already impregnated with that cyanotype medium. So it's a ferrous oxide that's mixed in with other salts and painted onto the fabric in the dark. And then the fabric is folded still in the dark and placed into a light, tight bag, so a black sealed bag, and then sent across. When you're ready to make your cyanotype, you have to have everything ready to go. So as you can see, all of these woven words would have been prepared earlier. They would have placed them out on the ground to make the actual composition as they ended, like, and moved it around so that they got the composition as they wanted it. When they were ready, they took the cloth out of the bag and kept it under a tarp. So they laid the cloth out, crawled underneath, placed all of their... You know, this is one of their traditional bags that's been woven. You can see um, this talwalpan, the, the beach cotton tree. And then different leaves, string. In some of them you can see ghost nets. So nets that have been washed ashore from rogue fishing nets that have come off of fishing vessels that of course are deadly to any marine life, any fish or turtles. And then you can see some woven forms that have been woven from the ghost nets. So in this particular work, you can see the little turtles that are swimming away. So they've been woven out of that ghost net. The circular shapes are really about the circle of life and how you can make good from something that is, you know, this terrible plastic that's floating in the sea that's deadly um, to to marine life, but it is something that you can then make something beautiful from. So what they do is they've placed these objects on top of this cyanotype fabric and then when they're ready, the tarp gets pulled away. So they have to commandeer people from around (laughs) to help them do this and then the sun, they enable the sun to hit it at full bore expose it for an amount of time that they've worked out how long it needs to be exposed for and then cover it back up with the tarp, take everything off of it, put it back into that light-tight bag, take it away and wash it in a dark room. Once you wash it, it turns from a dirty green colour to this beautiful cyanotype blue. And that's basically it. So, So the process is, as I said, a very old photographic process. It's something that we learnt as photography students at art school, but as I said, on a very small scale. And you imagine, you know, things like feathers and anything that's got, that you can see through, it's like a, it's a photogram, it's like an X-ray. So you get these beautiful indexing of, of these plants. These cyanotypes are sharing with us Aspects of their lives, and and aspects of gathering. So all of the different foods, the different shellfish, the actual fish bones. You know that so there's oysters there, uh, which are Yugari is the name, the Kondamuka name for the oyster shells, the pippies, all of the different food sources that sustain Kwandamuka people living in this beautiful location of Minduruba on North Stradbroke Island. Has anyone here ever had a chance to go there? Yeah, a few people have, yep. You know what I mean. It's, the island is surrounded by waters that look this colour and you know they have whales that visit, they have dolphins, there's inland lakes, there's a beautiful women's lake um, which has tea tree growing in it and it has incredible healing properties. It's got like a sort of a brownie coloured water, but when you go in, it's almost like you can feel any sort of inflammation being drawn out of your body. It's just such a special spiritual place. I was fortunate enough to meet the family back in 2017. I was involved with a group of international curators, First Nations curators from Australia, Aotearoa or New Zealand and Canada. And we all met at the Asia-Pacific Triennial in 2017. And part of our journey together was to go to Minduruba and we were hosted by the Carmichael family and got to meet elders around the island and to see some of the studios of some of the artists working there and also to be taken to some of these really important places. So if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend it. It's just off the coast from Brisbane. So you can get a ferry over. There's lots of places to stay and it's just a really wonderful experience. And having Sonia and Lisi here last week, because they were the only artists that could travel for the launch this year of Tarnandee, and it was really unusual for us not to have over 300 artists <laughs> and for them to be here. They were inundated with media. <laughs> but, you know, they took it in their stride and they're really salt of the earth people. So it was just wonderful to hear them share their stories and give us, you know, further insights so we have more knowledge now to share with our guides and, and with you. So, so this year is, is really quite unusual. But we got it, we got it together. <laughs> we managed to bring all of the works of art from right across Australia. So we also have work that's come from, from the Arningoo pitinjari Yankinjara lands. In the next room, we have the incredible collaborative drawing paintings by Betty Muffler and Marinka Burton. And it's the first time that they've collaborated as artists. They are two women who were brought up as sisters and who have lived together and who have worked together as nunkari, as traditional doctors. So they have the healing powers to be able to heal people, whether it's emotionally or physically. And they travel together and do that work collectively. But this is the first time that they've come together to collaborate and to paint. So when you go next door and you see there are two very long works on paper, and they, they are incredible. They're sharing their journeys of connection not only to their country, to their Djukkapa, to their ancestral country and to their ancestral law, but they're also sharing with us aspects of the work that they do as Nankari. So incredible, incredible women, incredible artists and working on paper has been quite unique and you can see there's a freedom with the line. So look closely at those drawings. They're quite bodily because they're on paper and because they're three metres long, they have this sort of warp to them. We didn't want to encase them within a frame. We felt it was really important for these works to hang freely on the wall. And so as a result, we have to be careful and not get too close to them because they're they're actually magneted to the wall. So you can't see the magnets, but when you look at the surface of the work, you can see that undulating movement that's happening. And that's because of the amount of water and the pigment that they've used in order to share these stories of them travelling through that night sky and healing. So it's about morale. Morali is the word that is used for nunkari who do that work at night, that travel through that night sky. The other really interesting thing about the, about the Nankari is that nunkari are referred to as Mara Allah and that means Mara is the word for hands. Mara Allah is open hands. So when you have those skills as a nunkari you're referred to as you have Mara Allah. And that was something that came to us after we went back to the artists to ask all of them what they thought about the theme or the title for this year's exhibition of Open Hands, that then came to light. So it's a really lovely moment, you know, that serendipity that happens throughout life where you come up with this idea and then here you have it, that there's all these coincidences and all of these you know, connections between people from right across Australia. So we also have, um, in the Barkindji language, Mara is also our word for hands. Also for Kwandamuka women um, and Quandamooka people, Mara is also the word for hands. So, so it plays out through a few different Aboriginal language groups and that's because linguistically we're part of, Barkindji people, Pitinjara people, Kwandamuka people and other language groups are part of the pama Ngan language system, according to the linguistic um, languages that, that bring, bring us all together linguistically. We have a series of artist portraits that are being added to. As we speak, they're being edited. So there are 10 different artists and artist groups that are exhibited in open hands this year and we have 10 artist portraits. So I think we're up to three that we've got available currently and they're in straight on from me in this gallery here as part of Gallery 24. We wanted them to be more front and centre this year so that you, you don't mistake that this is part of the exhibition and that's part of our thinking because the artists aren't able to be with us that we bring them into the gallery. I don't know if you got to see the virtual launch that we had pre-recorded and is on the website, but we did that purposefully so that we could have the art take this out to the artists, that we could share the launch nationally and internationally. And we had people from all over the world that, that were online watching it. It was absolutely fantastic to see where people were coming in from. And so that was really our thinking about wanting to be inclusive and have the artists, have them being able to share it with their communities, with their family groups, with their gallerists and with all of their fans. <laughs> so we're doing an, an extended, a longer form virtual walkthrough that will be available in a couple of weeks' time and the artists will also be able to share that. As well as the artists' portraits, they'll have them to share and the catalogue this year has been delayed. You can pre-order it online um, or through the gallery store. And that we've delayed that so that we can include installation images of the works in the gallery so the artists can also use that as a platform to showcase their work. So we're really thinking about what's the best way that we can work for our artists and give them the opportunity to be able to share this in a more broader way than we have previously and that that really you know has it's taken a lot of effort a lot of rethinking everything but that's also how we've been thinking in regard to the Tarnandi Art Fair and that will be held this year in December from the 4th to the 6th of December and that will be held just up the road on North Terrace in a purpose-built marquee on that site called Lot 14, which is just before the Botanical Gardens and just where the old Royal Adelaide Hospital East Wing used to be. So it's really about um, us working through how we can best support the artists to sell their work at the art fair and because we were going to be, you know, we, we have to facilitate that. They can't physically come. They're sending the work, so we're creating you know, information around all of that so that you can get a full sense of who the, the artists are from that particular art centre and what it is you're looking at. And then, you know, we're working with an agency, with agency, which is an organisation to help support the sale of the work for the artists and the art centres. So it's a big year and I feel like we've, you know, we've we've managed to... Everybody's really happy, the artists are really... Thrilled that there was something for them to be able to focus in on this year because it has been challenging, a lot of things have been cancelled and a lot of opportunities have gone by the wayside. But th- this is something that they've been able to focus on and work towards and we've had, you know, lots of, lots of input back and forth in regard to the text. We've got quotes, each of the artists is quoted throughout the exhibition so that you can feel like you've got them in the room with you and we've done extended texts on as many of the works that we could so that gives you another bit of insight while you're in the room with the work and once the catalogue comes out I highly recommend the essays because they really, they've really come from another place this year and I feel that, that the artists have really engaged in a different way with the people who have written for them so, so I think you'll really enjoy that when you, when you get to see that and beautiful portraits of the artists throughout as well. So I think I might leave it there. Um, there's a few more talks coming up. Celia, you're next week, aren't you? Yeah, so come back. We've got lots to share and as I said, the artist portraits will continue to be going up in this beautiful space here. And don't miss the rainwater tank, the sound chamber, which is upstairs in the courtyard. And that's been created by the Ernabella artist, the Kapi Chukapa, so the water story, so the ancestral stories for the Kappi, for the water. And um, there's Inma that's being sung, so ceremonial song that's being sung within that sound chamber, as well as stories of the joy of people being able to go out to the waterholes once the big rains have come and that icy cold water and being able to swim in that water. So, so please take your time enjoying the exhibition, come again to other talks, and thank you for your ongoing support and patronage of the Art Gallery of South Australia.